and welcome to another Be Your Own Loud live stream. I want to say a shout out to everybody on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitch, and YouTube who are watching us live. It's always a pleasure to have all of you. Remember, the foundation of the show is very simple, to find people who have truly risen above the noise to be their own loud. We want you to hear these inspirational stories so that hopefully it will empower you to truly be the best that you can be. And today, this is going to be a lot of fun. First up, this guy's podcasting game is off the chisart. And on top of that, his mission statement is something we're going to focus a lot on today. But our guest today is Robert Orion Sykes. Now, he is the owner of a company called Keto Brick, and we're going to dive into what all of that is. But I really wanted him on the show because of the reason why I want everybody on the show, which is the story. What made him have the epiphany that being himself and being true to himself is what is truly allowing him to have the success that he wants, which is, of course, what we want for all of you. So, Robert, welcome to the show, man. Be your own loud. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me. I'm excited to be here. All right, brother. Well, let's go ahead and let's start with your story. Tell me a little bit about your journey to getting to where you are today. I was not not genetically gifted to be a bodybuilder at all. My, my parents are both very small. I was 115 pounds, and I was probably just honestly self-conscious of how tiny I was. My uncle was into lifting, so I decided I was going to take up lifting. And I did just that as a junior in high school, started started bodybuilding, taught myself how to work out. Um, I didn't have a gym access, so I'd, I'd use pieces of tractor equipment laying around my dad's shop to work out. did that for like the first year and built some mass slowly but surely, decided to step on stage and compete, won my first bodybuilding show. Um, and that was a great experience, but I was doing it the very, very wrong way. I, I under ate, I was, I was chronically in a deficit, developed a bunch of disordered eating habits. And that just kind of spiraled me out of control for several years. But in doing that, I recognized that through something very, very difficult and challenging, I could reach a goal that I didn't previously feel was attainable within my grasp. So I continued the bodybuilding endeavors, but I was on a search to find something that was healthier and more sustainable. And that's kind of how I stumbled upon the ketogenic diet. And that at the time was, was not popular. It was, there was no books, there was no podcast, there was no websites or blogs out about keto. So I was kind of in uncharted territories there, especially from a bodybuilding standpoint. But I decided to, to bridge the two worlds, do natural bodybuilding with a ketogenic diet. And lo and behold, that worked out beautifully well. I earned my pro card status in 2017. And I've since pretty much dedicated my life and my brand and my business to inspiring and educating others how they can leverage a ketogenic approach to reach uh, and fulfill their true health potential. So that's been me in a nutshell. So a lot of people think of bodybuilding as is just physically so taxing on your body. Are you concerned about that, dude? Like when you're like 65 years old, that everything that you're doing now is going to end up causing more issues later down the road? Or how are you solving that? Yes, there's a lot of people that that do lift and train very intensely. And I do train very intensely, but I, I do so in a very methodical, strategic manner. So if you're, if you're working out very hard without proper form and technique, you're going to be putting undue stress on your joints and ligaments, and that's going to cause issues long-term. If you are doing it properly and you're, you're loading the muscle, you're taking it to the full range of motion and you're, you're taxing your system in a sustainable manner, you're going to build more lean muscle tissue. You're going to strengthen those joints and ligaments, and you're going to have more longevity as a result of that muscle. Muscle is basically like the longevity organ, so to speak. So the more muscle you have as you age, 
the the more the higher quality of life you're likely going to have as you age. So I think honestly, it's going to be doing me a favor in the long run, as opposed to a you know an adverse effect. And it could very well be Robert that so many bodybuilders had abused themselves so poorly with not just bad technique, but with the bad diet with supplements that were questionable. And you're not doing any of that stuff, right? I want to unpack a whole bunch more there because as I said to you before we we went live today, you know, a lot of our listeners are successful financial services professionals. Maintaining a high quality of health is very important to them. So we're definitely going to get to that because I'd like for you to unpack what you offer and how you offer it and what you're doing differently that's fundamentally interrupted or not really interrupted, disrupted is probably a better word, the bodybuilding community, but your mission. So I don't, I think it's probably the first time I've ever done this on this show, but I usually don't talk about mission statements because everybody's got mission statements and most people don't really live them, but yours is so powerful. It is empowering others to believe in themselves and truly tap into their full potential by optimizing their body and mind. Now, we talk a lot here about believing in yourself because, Robert, you have become a professional bodybuilder an owner of a a very successful company. You run a very successful podcast and you've done all of this by being true to yourself. Where, where did the mission come from and and how did that kind of epiphany happen in your mind? It's kind of been a a summation of a lot of different things that have transpired in my life. I mean, at one point I was in a very deep, dark place. I was quarter of a million dollars in debt. I was super depressed. I was in a very dark place. I, I took the things in my life that I knew I was good at, that I could add value in. And and they were nutrition, what I've learned with the ketogenic diet, they were fitness and bodybuilding. Through bodybuilding, really, I mean, bodybuilding is is the the art of being disciplined and consistent in pushing your body and mind beyond what you've previously thought possible. I mean, it's it's more so a mental sport than a physical one. And after I won that first competition, even though I went about it the completely wrong way, I wouldn't advocate anybody to do what I did the first time doing it and seeing the success that I did with it really painted a very clear picture for me that anything in life that I truly believe in and set my mind to and dedicate my every waking moment and effort towards, I can reach that goal and surpass it. And I've since then taken that towards business. I've taken that towards my relationship with my wife. Um, I've mm-hmm. taken that forward with my my company and my employees. And it just continues to pay itself forward. And, and seeing like I've said across the table from people that that had doubt in who they were and what they were capable of. And then I would unveil these these trials and tribulations that I've experienced firsthand. And then I would try and relate that to them. And then I'd see this light just light up in their eyes. And it's like they well, the moment they believe in themselves, the moment they, they put themselves in a position to do something very challenging that they didn't think they could previously, but then they see success with it. And then that's empowering to a whole, on a whole other level. And they just take that and they run with it and they, they apply it to some other aspect of their life. Like that to me is what, what brings me all the fulfillment in, in the world. I mean, that, that's what I'm passionate about doing and just simply getting more people to truly believe in themselves, no matter what it is. I mean, you don't have to step on stage as a bodybuilder, but just simply believing that you can, that you have greatness inside of you. And then every single day of your life, pursuing that greatness is, is key. You said something that I don't want to gloss over which is by sharing your own vulnerabilities, right? Something that I believe is changed in our world today, and especially in the world of business, Robert, is this posturing that so many businesses, I'm indestructible, I'm super strong, I'm super successful, you should be like me. That's not what I just heard from you. What I heard, now, mind you, you probably are all of those things, right? But but that's not your approach. Your approach is, 
showing the warts, showing the vulnerability, because that has people see you in a real light and realize that they can do it too. How did you have that epiphany? Because brother, that's not normal. When I was deciding to get into business, I was reading every business book I could find. I, I, I read so many different you know, articles and, and podcasts and everything about business because I, I was always passionate about business. But the one that really stood out to me was, was Gary Vaynerchuk's Crush It book. And the main, the main philosophy, the underlying pillar of that whole book was, look, document the process. Don't try and fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it's bullshit. Document the journey so that people can look back and see the journey. And if you go back and look on my YouTube channel, you'll see when I was $250,000 in debt. You'll see when I had I didn't have two pennies to rub together. I mean, you, you'll you see all these things. And it's like, I'm just a real person. There's nothing special about me. I wasn't gifted this massive pension fund at birth. Like I'm just like anybody else. And if you put in the work and you, you have that time, dedication, discipline, and consistency towards that work, then you can truly create whatever life you want for yourself. If you were to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give this audience the be your own loud audience. The one thing I'm really putting you on the spot here. We didn't prepare for this, everybody, but the one thing that if you go back and you say, you know, this is when everything changed and this was the biggest, smartest, best business decision I made. What, what do you think that is? So I had tried to make several get rich quick schemes with, with regard to business. None of those worked. I didn't have the staying power to make any of them work because there wasn't any passion there. And a lot of people have passions that aren't really marketable. They have passions that there's not a demand for. For me, my passion was health and fitness, which a lot of people, most people want to be healthier and more fit. I came into it at the right time because this was before the ketogenic diet blew up, but it, it since then has blown up. So I came into it at the right time. But for me, if there, if there was one thing, it's simply for anybody to have enough self-awareness to know what it is that they're truly good at. Where, where can they stand out from the crowd, stand out from the pack and, and, and offer a perspective that most people aren't bringing to the table and in a, a realm that is highly desirable. And that could be a lot of different things, but simply figuring out what you're passionate about so you have the staying power to continue creating content around it and then simply providing that value to whatever audience you have however small it may be, but truly just being passionate and, and honestly going forward with it and believing yourself to do so. I mean, like when I first started, I didn't, I, I didn't have a clue how to do a podcast. I didn't have a clue how to do a YouTube channel. I was recording in my closet with a black beach towel as a backdrop on my phone camera. And it was the worst quality you, you could possibly imagine. But I believed in myself enough to do it because it had such a profound impact on my own life. And I felt that I, I'm not like this, you know, crazy anomaly. If it works so well for me, it surely would for others. And that passion carried me through. How do you stay? Now we're going to get into, if you don't mind, I'm totally just going to change gears here. <laughs> so how do you stay so darn focused and disciplined? That is the number one reason I believe in, in it. Could, I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. But one of the reasons why people fail so much with health and fitness, how do you not only you personally do it, but how do you help your community and network stay focused so they stay true to that value? Because there's the big five, right? Family, faith, financial security, fun, and fitness. Those are the five. Every Almost everybody in our country has those five values somewhere in their value tree. Mm -hmm. So fitness is one of them, personal health and fitness. How do you stay so focused and what do you tell people when they ask you that question? If I was to distill this answer down to a, a, a singular unit, it would be that balance is, is bullshit. I've never believed in the whole balance phenomenon. Like I am an extremist and I feel like 
with all aspects of my life, if, you, if you're trying to balance anything, by definition, it means that whatever is on the rise, something else is on the decline. With with my philosophy, everything that I have in my life, every single aspect of my life, my, my work, my, my wife, my my future kids, my passions, they're all symbiotic in nature. Everything complements each other. And when you structure your life in that way, even if you're not dedicating 100% of your time towards any one thing, it's still building and causing everything else to rise and improve. So I knew that I wanted my, my health to be a very large pillar of my life. So I built a business around that. My wife is my business partner and she's also very much so in the health. So it just kind of complements the whole. I mean, everything, everything in my life, my passions, they're all intertwined. And as such, there's no reason for anything to distract from one another. And when you, when you remove those distractions, you're much more likely to be able to sustain causing all things to improve over time. Running a business, you have employees, you know what you're good at. How have you given yourself permission then to hire people to do things that you know that you could do, but you're probably not going to be as good as it as they are? That's tough. That's tough. I'm not going to lie. Like it's, uh, I'm very much so a hands-on, mm-hmm. I like to control things, but at the end of the day that I recognize that I've got multiple businesses, there's not any way possible I could scale uh, and be the greatest company we could be if I'm doing everything in the bottleneck. So finding employees that and figuring out what, what they excel at, figuring out what they're passionate about, and then trying to find a role that's molded around their passions so that it too can be symbiotic in nature with their interest in life as opposed to a distraction. I don't want any of my employees to come in, punch a time clock, put in their time, and then leave. I mean, just, just like this past weekend, it's Monday right now, I had I had two of my employees over for lunch this past week, and one of them was helping me clean out the barn because he needed some extra cash to work on his music career and endeavors. Like I'm encouraging him to pursue those things and providing financial means and, you know, whether it be like he has questions on how to use a mixer for a podcast setup. Like I want to help them excel in their own personal desires because it all just works together. Now, that's not normal either, dude. And I know you know that, which is probably why you have such fierce loyalty within within your team members. Where did you learn that? I mean, was it that you were an employee and you just didn't like how you were treated? But I mean, that's that's a big business philosophy there that you're adhering to. Where did that come from? Yeah, I'm probably, I mean, trial and error. Like I, I worked for my uncle for quite some time when I was a kid and he was he was very much so supportive of my endeavors in business. He was definitely a a mentor in that regard. And that was a great experience. And I wanted to emulate that in my own way once I had employees of my own. And I've also worked jobs where that was certainly not the case. Before I built my own company, I was a a manager at the railroad at the Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad as a train master. And there was just this massive division between management and union workforce and nobody liked anybody. And it just was a very toxic work environment. And because of that toxicity, the level of productivity was diminished tenfold. Uh, so I recognized then that, hey, if I want to build the best company that I can and scale it with quality, loyal employees, making sure that they're happy and fulfilled is first and foremost. Now, let's talk about the diet, because this is something that you got on board with this before it became this literally international sensation. And you've ridden the wave to very, very nice levels of success. How did you first hear about it? I mean, since it wasn't mainstream, how did this appear to you? Yeah, so my first uh, exposure to keto was on a Tim Ferriss podcast, I think. Oh. He had D'Agostino on the podcast. And Dominic D'Agostino has been creating, he's, he's been doing research around the ketogenic diet for quite some time. He was funded by DARPA to create ketone 
fuels for Navy SEALs in combat. So he was on the very cutting edge. So that was my first exposure to it, kind of just by, by word of mouth through the, the podcast, Tim Ferriss podcast. But prior to that, they'd been using the uh, ketogenic diet for epileptic children in the 1920s. But it wasn't really mainstream until probably 2017, I want to say, is when it really started gaining popularity. So for me, it was just honestly a way for me to, to improve upon my disordered eating habits, find a healthier alternative to what I had been doing with the bro dieting techniques that I was using previously. And it worked so well for me then, I was just you know, motivated to continue sticking with it, regardless of whether or not it was going to be conducive to bodybuilding. Uh, lo and behold, it was very conducive to bodybuilding, and there's no reason for me to deviate. Let's talk about the, what you you say you had disordered eating, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a huge problem uh, from what you said when we talked before we were even show. You know, had talking about the show. What 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 was that? What did that look like? And what do you see? that you have seen within the industry, not just the industry, but also in the the fitness world that you would still consider truly as disordered eating and it's a big problem. My disordered eating was basically triggered because for my first competition, I was just incredibly restrictive. I lost 80 pounds in 12 weeks and I got oh. down to incredibly low body fats, but I was eating less than a thousand calories there towards the end. And it wasn't healthy. It wasn't sustainable. This was long before I'd found about the ketogenic diet. But in doing that, I got really lean. I, I, I won my competition. But then afterwards, that's clearly just not a sustainable way to eat. So I started binging on all food in sight. And I put on like 20 pounds in 24 hours. Like it was just this mad roller cycle, roller coaster. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't sustainable. And it became this negative feedback loop in which I was continually trying to be better than I was previously but I was a slave to the food in front of me. And it's like any type of addictive substance. A lot of people, whether it's whether it's alcohol, drugs, I probably am still guilty of being a workaholic to some degree, but being a foodaholic and not having a positive relationship with food and not having any control there is is a is a hole that a lot of people are faced with. And that has just a, a massive negative impact on your productivity throughout the day. Like when you're fixating on this addictive substance, whatever that may be, instead of the work at hand, you just can't possibly be the best person that you can be. So breaking free of that cycle and using the ketogenic diet to do so is, was just incredibly liberating for me. I get that you used the diet, your new ketogenic diet to do that, but it wasn't just that. I mean, you had to do work up here. Talk about the work you had to do up here because that that's as mental as it is physical. A lot of people, it's, it's interesting. A lot of people, there's some of it is definitely biological. Like when you're eating a bunch of carbohydrates and processed sugars, you know, that you're going to have a lot more volatility in your blood sugar and insulin levels. That's going to increase cravings. And that's not going to be doing you any favors from strictly a biological standpoint. With the ketogenic approach, your, your blood sugar and insulin levels are much more stable. So you're much more in tune with your natural hunger signals. So that was a huge step in the right direction. But for me also, it just it it paved the way for me recognizing that, hey, look, this is actually healthy. Everything that I eat is a whole single ingredient food. It's all coming from a source that I know is quality. I can get behind this philosophy towards my nutrition. Once I recognize that that nutrition is, I mean, that's like one of the few factors that you're inputting into your body every single day, multiple times a day. And that has a compounding effect over time. And once I was able to put those two dots together and realize that, hey, look, my ability to perform at a high level well into my later years is directly dependent on my, upon my ability to eat healthy now. And in this you know, day and age is like once I made that connection psychologically, it made sticking to the diet and adhering to a quality nutrition protocol much, much easier. So you do more than just 
the the nutrition component, which we're going to leave to the end of the podcast. Let's let's talk about how you help people make a plan that they can stick to for their own physical and what in turn helps your mental health. I've got a broad range of clientele based off of whatever their goals are, but simply people, especially here in America, they are a slave to food. I mean, it's, it's not set up in an environment that is very healthy. If you rewind the clock back several hundred thousand years, there was not this massive amount of food in abundance coming from fast food chains like there is now. People are so attuned to just constantly shoving food down their face, which is not healthy from a, a cellular standpoint, from a metabolic standpoint, especially when it's such, such so many of those food choices that are available today are, are very metabolically taxing and they're just not quality foods to begin with. Trying to peel the layers back and educate people as to what is healthy and what is not healthy and then give them an underlying reason as to why they should want to be healthy long term. And then focusing on that, I can kind of transform that based off of whatever their goals are, whether it be from a bodybuilding standpoint or just simply to get leaner and healthier so they can enjoy an extra 10 years with their great grandkids down the road. Like that's, I mean, my motivation for making people healthy is, is certainly not exclusive to just stepping on stage and competing as a bodybuilder. So let's talk a little bit about, about the diet component of it, because that's actually what your podcast is about. Is that correct? Yeah. My podcast has kind of evolved a bit. It's, it's uh, definitely the ketogenic diets, but I talk quite a bit about mindsets biology, the, the nutrition around the ketogenic diet, but a lot of mindset, it's, it's kind of, because mindset is, it's, it's what it all stems from. So that's, that's sure. been a big aspect of it. You don't have a PhD in this, but you've built a hell of a system. Let's, let's talk about the system and how do people plug into that system? What does the system look like? So walk, walk us through the actual business that you've built and how people who are listening might be able to plug themselves into that and find out a little bit more and have just to be realistic expectations. I want to make sure that we're, you know, we're not promising the world here, which I know you don't because I've checked out all your stuff, but let's talk about what you've built here and break it down for our audience a little bit, please. Yeah. So you're asking specifically about the business. Instances. I am totally. Absolutely. 2016 is when I launched Keto Savage as a business and a brand. That's when I built the website. That's when I started the, the podcast. That's when I created the YouTube channel. That's pretty much the depository for all of the information and content around the ketogenic diet, especially as it relates to competitive bodybuilding and just health and performance in general. That resulted in the formation of the Keto Brick, which is the, the physical product that, that we sell. I developed the, the Keto Brick as a basically a way to scratch my own itch during my 2017 competitive year. And it's a 1000 calorie ketogenic meal replacement bar with perfect ketogenic macros. And that basically is, is something I never intended to become a product to sell. I was just documenting the entire journey on my YouTube channel. I was doing like full day of eating vlogs and people kept asking about this, this brick, like, how is it? What, where can I get it? What's, what's the recipe? And I wound up making it into a product with my girlfriend at the time, wife now. And we just rolled up our sleeves and dove into creating a food product. And we have since kept that production in-house from day one. We've scaled up the business uh, considerably over the years. We started out just making this in our kitchen. We've since graduated to working out of three different uh, leased commercial kitchen spaces. And then we just invested in this massive compound that's where I'm at now. Uh, it's got our own kitchen and everything. And that's where we do all of our production. Uh, we've created our apparel lines. We have Live Savage Apparel, and we have several online courses that are in the works. One's been published. One is currently being crafted, and I'm, I'm writing a book to accompany that online course as we speak. Basically, just a lot of content, and as we create more content and kind of fine-tune the process of optimizing the ketogenic diet, you know, certain products like the Keto Brick kind of become a natural fit. 
So not only has he focused on what his audience is asking him about in order to make it so that he's supplying a product and a service that is in demand, right? Which end up being the keto brick, right? He's creating content, passionate content, lots of content, video content, podcasting, books, courses. If you think about this, and if you go back to the other Be Your Own Loud podcast, you're going to start seeing a trend here, right? The people who we want on the show are people who are really firing on all cylinders when it comes to real influence, real creation, really rising above the noise. Because I am sure, and my one of my last questions here for Robert is going to be, what is the noise that you're trying to rise above? Because that's a huge component is not only being your own loud, but rising above the noise. What is the negative stuff that you're trying to combat with your positive and truthful message? That's a tough one right now because fitness, I mean, there's so many different trends and hypes and bubbles in the fitness nutrition space. I mean, there's so much controversy, so much conflicting information. If somebody was to Google the best way to do a ketogenic diet right now, they'd be just bombarded with all types of information online. And it's unfortunate because a lot of companies seek out these trends and these bubbles and they try and capitalize on it. And for me, it was never about making money. It was just simply about providing quality content in a, in a way that was hopefully equally as healthfully impactful to others as it was to me. And my frustration lately has been so many people jumping into the keto space to create products that aren't quality products. They all use filler ingredients. They all use cheap quality ingredients uh, and, and content that is conflicting in it as well. It's very confusing to the general public. Uh, so for me, one thing that I've been passionate about doing is just, if you go way back in the day and you start looking at our, my first content from five, six, seven years ago, it's all been consistent. The messaging has always been consistent. I've learned a ton in that time. I've, I've experimented with all different types of dietary protocols and tweaks and I've evolved, but the messaging, the root messaging has always been the same. And I feel like consistency always trumps volatility when it comes to things like fitness and nutrition. So if, you, if you're if you aspiring to, to learn from anybody, just go back in their memory banks, go back in their, in their prior place and see if they're preaching the same message as they were in the past. It doesn't mean you have to be stuck or dogmatic towards your beliefs, but simply being consistent in your messaging is, is very, very important. So that's one thing that I've prided myself on my wife and I have been preaching the same message from day one, and we've adhered this diet from day one, and we continue to, and we'll we'll continue to until until I'm on I'm six feet under the ground. So I'll be I'll be preaching the same message for a while. <laughs> Consistency of message, everybody, and this is one of the reasons why Robert said right at the beginning one of the most influential things that he ever read was was Gary Vanderchuk's book, and one of the things that Gary says is you need to have a single point of entry to create all of your content, whether that's audio, video, blogging, writing, whatever you're going to do, right? And and the consistency of the message, if you go back, and I love that you said that, Robert, this is freaking awesome, right? If you go back and you look at Gary V's original stuff, guess what? He is absolutely still saying the same thing. Oh, we have a question. Hey, this doesn't always happen. So Jen just asked, is this something that you can do later in life? Uh, I mean, can you implement this sort of a diet when you're like, I'm, I'm old, dude. So can I start doing this stuff or is it too late for me? No, anybody can start. The interesting thing about the ketogenic diet is that you're basically training your body to use fat and ketones as opposed to glucose and carbohydrates. When you're born at birth, you are technically ketotic. Like mother's breast milk, colostrum breast milk is ketotic. And then people are just inundated with 
the heavily processed baby foods. And then from there, it just goes to fast food and just goes downhill. But it would be, it's pretty well understood that as a species, we were evolutionarily evolved to adapt well to a ketogenic based diet and an animal based diet. So simply going back to what we were predetermined to do anyways, is a sensible thing to do. It may take a while for your body to adapt and become equally as efficient at using fat and ketones as it is carbohydrates and glucose because you've been using carbs and glucose for so long. But once you let that adaptation phase occur, you'll be feeling like a million bucks. How long does that take roughly? I mean, it's, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but roughly? After a few weeks, you'll definitely be able to feel a difference. Oh. And then after a few months, you should be humming pretty, pretty good. Um, and then just continues to get better and better. There's a few things you can do to mitigate any of the, the switching over adverse effects, like simply consuming enough electrolytes and staying hydrated is one thing that you can do to certainly mitigate the, the adverse effects of switching your fuel source. But once you do adapt, you'll, you'll be good. Now, my favorite question of this whole show is, what should I have asked you that I didn't? Man, it's a good question. Never had that question asked before. Now I'm gonna flip right back at you, man. Like, why do you do this? Why why do you bring on people to to bring their own unique flair to the conversation about how they've risen above the noise? Like, what was what was your motivation? What was your aha moment? Because I feel like that would probably answer both of our questions there. Honestly, it was a lady called Barbie the Welder. By the way, this is a first. Thank you for doing that. I I, I don't think I've actually ever said this, and I'm not letting you off the hook entirely. I'm going to somehow get this back to you. But anyway, so there's this lady I met online. Uh, I follow her on Instagram. Her name is Barbie the Welder, and uh, I'm a metal artist myself, so I take junk and turn it into art, or at least what I think is art. And uh, her story was just freaking amazing, Robert. I mean, like unbelievable. And she finally had this epiphany at a point in her life later in life that she was just so tired of being, trying to be like everybody else. She was going to try to figure out who she was and she's exploded because of it. Right. I mean, she's right now, cause I follow her. She's in, and she, well, she just was this past weekend in Chicago at this huge trade show. She has all of these fans that are following her because they want to be like her when they grow up. And I want to bring people on this show who my listeners are going to say, I, you know what? I want to be more like Robert when I grow up. Because here's the deal. We're never done growing up. Anybody, not even close. I'm, I'm approaching 50. Man, I still have a lot to grow and to do. And I get to meet great people like Robert. I get to make great, meet great people like Barbie and a lot of the other guests that we had on our show who helped me be a better person. And honestly, Robert, that's the whole key. And I know there's a lot of podcasts out there about trying to be a better person. And a lot of it's really contrite, right? It's just like the same old rote, stuff. And, and you guys don't do that. That's why we do a pre-interview. I ask you very specific questions to make sure that you're not going to say something that's been said a million times before. You're saying something that I believe is fundamentally unique and different because you are you. And as Oscar Wilde said, you're the, you might as well be you because everybody else is taken. And I think that there's such power in that, Robert. So with that said, if you could pass on any last words of wisdom to our audience, what would it be? So my whole brand, like Keto Savage, Live Savage, the word savage, like I sat down and had like a whole list of all the different potential names for the company. And savage stuck because savage oftentimes has this, this negative connotation associated with it. But to me, it's just this primal, primitive yearning deep within inside yourself to go out and be something and, and do something with this ferocity that that you can't help but ignore or you can't help but not ignore. And I feel like 
we all have this greatness inside of us. I feel like we all have this calling to, to do and be more. So many people doubt themselves and as such, they never really rise to that potential. So I would just encourage anybody listening to believe that they have that potential, to know that it's true and to act upon it. Because once you know that it's true and that you do act upon it, I mean, you, you start gaining momentum. So many people wait for, they wait for motivation to come knocking in order to pursue something. But action is what causes success, not motivation for that action. Like action has to come prior to the motivation. So simply believing in yourself enough to pursue it and then be unrelenting in that pursuit. That's what I would encourage anybody to do. When we uh, rebranded to Proudmouth, there are a lot of people who said, wow, you're using the word proud. And I'm like, why should we be ashamed of being proud of what we say? It's that carnal thing of, of being comfortable with who you are and really what you want to be. Now, everybody, here's the kicker. Number one, we put links up. So make sure you go to ketobrick.com. You go to ketosavage.com. Support Robert. This is freaking awesome what he's doing. And not only that, but a lot of you, he just used words like glucose and carbs. We're all eating the heck out of those things. And we're wondering why we're feeling all sluggish and stuff. Changing your diet can change your mind, your life, your existence, and your longevity. All right, Robert. I want to say thank you very much for, for being a wonderful guest, dude. This was fantastic. Thank you very much for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to enlighten our audience on not only really what you do and what you can provide for them with, I don't know, health and fitness, but also just for being you, dude. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I appreciate the opportunity. Podcasting to me is an awesome platform because it, it allows people like you and I to just meet and greet and chit chat for a while. So you, you've enriched my life today. So I, th I certainly appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank you, brother. All right, everybody, if you have not subscribed to this show, please make sure that you do every time, uh, like on Fridays-ish, we remind you and you can click, hey, remind me uh, when, when we're going to go live, which is Mondays at noon. So we'd love for you to subscribe to our stuff. Also, check out Robert's podcast. It's absolutely fantastic. He does a really good job. And I know that when we were talking about it before he came on the show, he's usually in the driver's seat. So it's a lot of fun when you get to be a guest on somebody else's show when you've been running a show for a long time and he's been running it for a long time all right for everybody at keto savage keto brick robert and all of us here at proud mouth this is matt haller and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon thank you for listening to be your own loud where we reverse engineer success to help you accelerate your influence and break free from the torment of sales if you haven't done so already subscribe to our podcast share with others in your company or profession follow us on social media this podcast is brought to you by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. Visit us at Proudmouth.com and join our Influence Accelerator Academy for free to enhance your marketing mindset and know-how.